Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, a show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Death Note. Today we will be discussing episode 7, titled Overcast. Uh, Alright, bunch of stuff going on this episode. Once again, let's just get right into it. Uh, before we get into the major A-plot with Light and Chokomaki, that whole continuing thing, uh, I want to t- quickly run down the things that happen in the continued meeting between the Task Force and L. Uh, there's not too much going on there. It's very much just... Uh, a lot of more of the same from the last episode, but I just want to mention uh, the highlights. Uh, L's satisfied that none of the members of the task force are Kira. So there's that. Uh, Watari shows up, and he's just some old dude. <laughs> like the, the weird masked figure that carried around L's laptop. Turns out it's just some old guy. <laughs> uh, he gives the members of the task force fake badges with uh, fake identities, sort of as a shield against Kira. So Kira, uh, if they have to give their names, if they have to give their identities, Kira won't know uh, who who they actually are, won't actually have their names, so he can't kill them. Uh, some belts are given out, uh, so they can... Uh, uh, they can wear these belts, they have transmitters in them, they can click the belt buckle a couple times, and it'll call Watari. Uh, so, that's a thing. Matsuda really likes his belt, and he's all like, oh, I feel like a spy, and then the chief just basically tells him to shut the hell up. <laughs> oh, Matsuda. Oh, Matsuda. I... That man is precious. <laughs> that man is precious. Uh, and I would die for him. He is an a pure, innocent soul. <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, but those are handed out. And then Elle's just like, hey, um, who's at HQ right now? And they're like, uh, nobody, we're all here meeting you. And I was just like, 
okay, no, that's not good. Someone has to be there at all times. Someone has to be there at every moment. Uh, someone needs to go back there immediately. And the chief sends one of them back and he starts uh, rushing back to the building, starts rushing back to the HQ. That's pretty much all the major things that happen with L. Again, like, there's not much, there isn't any major developments, but all these are things that are worth mentioning. The meat of the episode, of course, is Light in his showdown with Shokomaki, who he's continuing to lie to, he's continuing to lead on, and he's continuing to figure out what she knows. Uh, he asks to take notes on what she knows of the bus jacking and uses this as a cover to write her name in the death note while also uh, writing out she commits suicide, yada, 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 yada. Except when the time comes around for her to do the thing, she doesn't do the thing. She doesn't commit suicide. She doesn't walk off and kill herself because Shokomaki was an alias. That is not her real name. That is not who she actually is. And I love that Ryuk, every time her name comes up, up until this point, has just been laughing his ass off. Like, just, <laughs> idiot. You dumbass! <laughs> she got you! <laughs> uh, and at this point, we go into emergency mode. Like, Light is freaking out. Oh god, I need to I need to find a way to get her to tell me her real name, but uh, how do I do it without raising suspicion? Uh, how do I figure out her name without raising suspicion? Uh, without calling attention to myself? Without causing a scene? Uh, what do I do? What do I do? Ryuk brings up the Shinigami ideal again, and he's just like, oh, Should I do it? No, no, no. Out of the question. Out of the question. Uh, and what we kind of get here is a race against time because Shoko Maki, quote-unquote, immediately is just like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go back to HQ, and I'm going to try again. Um, I'll go back. Uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe someone's there. And so White has kind of like five minutes to work this out, five minutes to stop her, five minutes to figure out her real name so he can kill her. And, like, we get... A large section of the episode where Light is literally just, like, frantically trying to figure things out. Frantically trying to figure things out. Like, Light is actually on the ropes. And you can tell he's kind of scared. Like, you could tell, like, for the first time in pretty much the entire history of the series, he's a little on edge. Like, because he knows there's a genuine chance that he's about to get found out. Because of Shokomaki gets back to HQ, and someone's there, and she gives them his her intel that Kira can kill without heart attack in means other than a heart attack, and that Kira was probably on the bus on the day of that bus jacking. It wouldn't be long until they found out it was light. It wouldn't be long until... It got traced back to light. So, like, he's actually on the ropes here. He's actually in a dire spot. And eventually, White is able to stop her and say, Hey, you're not going to be able to contact anyone at HQ. Uh, 
they're uh i forget what he his actual excuse is i forget if he said they're not there or they're not talking to anybody or the official position is no one can uh be public facing or anything i don't know i can't i can't remember what light actually says but basically he's like the task force is set up in such a way that you can't talk to anybody uh they're very selective in who they talk to. They're very selective. Only the people they can trust are talked to in person. And Light then tries to say, Oh, I know all of this because I'm on the task force. L thought the task force was getting too small. Uh, so he brought me on because I assisted previously. And I'm here. I'm on the task force. Uh, L trusts me. And we actually find out that this Shokomaki chick once worked under L in the States on an FBI case. And Light uses that to say, hey, you know what? If you wanted to be on the task force, L would probably let you. L would probably trust you. Uh, L could probably... uh, L would probably give his permission for you to join the task force. And, like, all you need is a valid ID that happens to have your name on it. And uh, a recommendation of someone else on the task force, a.k.a. me, because I'm on the task force. And you can kind of see Light, like, just constructing this narrative. You want to talk to L. You only trust L. You've said you only trust L. Uh, you've said, like, you want to give this information to L. Well, you can only do that in person. You can only talk to L. Uh, you can only talk to the task force members in person if you're on the task force. And I'm on the task force, so... And you need someone from the task force to say you're good enough to be on the task force. I'm on the task force, so your only way is through me. And you definitely 100% need an ID. So, Light is quite literally... He's basically gaslighting this chick into saying... The only way you're going to get what you want is if you trust me completely. The only way you're going to get what you want is to put blind faith in me. And then Light starts to backtrack. Just as uh, she looks like she's at peak interest. Like, oh, I probably got too excited. You're living in the United States. You probably want to move on from this. You probably don't want to go back into the investigation. Oh, I'm sorry. I got too carried away. And then she's like, no, 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 no. I want to be on the task force. I want to be on the task force. I want to be on the task force. And then he's like, okay, give me your ID. And she's like, oh, sorry. This is embarrassing. Uh, I gave you an alias because I wasn't sure if I could trust you. uh, Because, like, I didn't know for sure you weren't Kara. But... Uh, I guess you're on the task force. L trusts you. I'll give you my ID. And then, I love this scene so much. So, Light is given the idea. Uh, the ID. Sees her name is Naomi Misura. Writes her name in the death note. Literally, and the suicide deal. 
the cause of death. Literally, as this is happening, the guy from the task force who Chief Yagami sent back to HQ is passing right by them (laughs) without a word. Like, he's got an umbrella, uh, and he's just passing right by them. No one notice. No one in this situation notices each other. So quite literally, like we're this close to Light's whole scheme being blown up. Light being caught in this lie, writes the name, the cause of death, and all that, and then gives back the ID. Starts looking at his watch, and Naomi is just like, "Hey, why are you looking at your watch so much?" And Light immediately is just like, "I guess it's because." I'm Kira. And literally, like, we get, like, a half second of her registering, oh, shit, I fucked up. And then the clock hits that moment, and then she just walks away. And, like, just starts walking away and is like, there's something I have to do. And Light's, like, taunting her. Taunting her as she's walking away to her death. Saying, are you sure you don't want to join the task force? My father's phone might be available. You want to call him? Just, like, cut, like, just... <laughs> like just gloating at this point, just taunting her because he knows she's under his control. She won't deviate from her present present path. The power of the Death Note has compelled her to go off to wherever the hell she's going off to and kill herself. And then uh, Light's just like, "Okay, bye, Naomi Misera." And then, like, you have this visual representation where she's walking down the street, she's walking down the street, and, like, the street fades away, and you see this visual representation of her walking to the gallows. Like, it's just, it's a chilling ending. It's a very chilling, very dark ending that is so beautifully handled. It's great. It's absolutely great. I love, I love this episode. (laughs) I love this episode so much. And so ends the story of Naomi Misera. Wow. <laughs> just, just wow. Uh, on that uplifting note, uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in. As well, it's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if it feels so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. It's not that much. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing episode 8. Talk to you then. Hey guys, we have a lot of fun here discussing teenagers murdering people with magic notebooks. But while we sit talking about our favorite Japanese media, Asian Americans across this country are suffering from a monstrous wave of hatred, discrimination, and violence. This type of bigotry is nothing new. It's existed for, well, pretty much as long as America has been a thing. 
but it has increased dramatically over the past year in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic and the hateful rhetoric of former President Donald Trump. Average everyday Americans are being targeted every day for no reason other than the way they look, and they need your help. If you would like to help put an end to this horrific trend, please go to GoFundMe.com AAPI and donate whatever you can. That's GoFundMe.com AAPI. Thank you.